Life goes by so fast. What's the point? What do you want me to do, huh? I don't have a job. I'm a loser. Shoot me. Excuse me, can I get a falafel with hot sauce, a side order of baba ganoush, and a seltzer, please? You want Lebanese delight? Sure, bring it out. Your mother was a woman with no common sense. Would you hurry up? Hello, Chanel. Of course, your father was a man without a conscience. You think I couldn't be a library clerk? Fine. You can start right now. I assume you're familiar with the Dewey Decimal System? I don't know the first thing about you. Your life, your friends, they're normal people, just like your friends. Hey, hey, hello. Hello. Natasha! Leo, I'm going to be 24 soon. I haven't done anything. Yo, what happened here? They're organized by the Dewey Decimal System. Yo, there are over a thousand albums here. They were a mess. What are you, my mother? Don't mix those up. Mary, they're jeans. Vogue magazine calls Parker Posey wickedly funny. She's got a personality like a neon exclamation point. You won't believe what I did last night. It was possibly the wildest night of my existence. I'm happy to see you're practicing safe sex. First Look Pictures proudly presents... Sometimes you can be kind of goofy. Parker Posey. She's good. You've outdone yourself. So silly. The party is just beginning. Party girl. Oh, sorry. I didn't realize you could hear me. Usually I start with a song, but you just listened to the trailer from the 1995 film Party Girl. A good titular prelude to the album we're going to be, or the, rather the EP we're going to be talking about today. Hello. Today is Monday for you. Happy Monday. My name is Tom Marcy. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. If you're new here, the show is called The Lost Hour. It is a 60-minute radio show on a Monday afternoon where my friends and I like to play the music we like to get lost to and also listen to the music that we put out and talk about it. Today, uh, we are here to do just that. I am very honored and excited uh, to talk about DJ Wani's newest EP release. It's called Party Girl. It was released on October 10th of this year. Uh, not 1995, as you might have thought. Uh, it's available on all streaming platforms, as well as the Amor Digital Bandcamp. That's A-M-O-R-D-I-G-I-T-A-L.bandcamp.com. I'll have it linked in the description. But without further ado, I want to welcome DJ Wani. What's going on? Yo, what's up? That was such a cool intro. I'm like... Did you did you go to communicate? Are you communications major? <laughs> Hold up. No, 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 no. That's so good. Psychology major. It's like right. almost the same. <laughs> low key, low key. Um, yeah. Did you go? To, did you have a major in college? That you- yeah, I was a communications major. Oh, you were a communications major. <laughs> but okay. I I thought I was going to communications to like learn radio and shit, and then I got there and they were like, no, nah, we're gonna talk about like interpersonal communication. I was like, oh god, fuck. Yeah. Well, and here Nothing. it is being happening: two people on the radio interpersonally communicating. Right, uh, <laughs> our two passions put together. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm I'm really thrilled that you're here to talk about Party Girl. I don't want to take up too much time. I just want to mention to everybody, um, uh, again, as I mentioned, that Party Girl is available on all streaming platforms as well as the Amor Digital Bandcamp. You can also stay up to date with the Amor Digital, which we'll talk more about on their website, which I will link in the bio below. And Amor Digital has a party coming up on November 11th uh, with Program, another collective based in the Bay, at Bricks in Oakland, uh, starring, starring, featuring K-Hole Kardashian. Uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into Party Girl. I do have some stuff to read, but I wanted you to share your thoughts about what you're doing here and your thoughts about Party Girl before we start listening. Yeah, for sure. Well, first, I just want to say thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, and I just really value what you do. I value internet, radio, DIY, everything, so thanks. Um, Thinking about Party Girl, I really enjoyed making this project. I feel like my last project uh, with No Bias was like, I feel like it was, I really enjoyed making it, but it was like kind of stressful because I was like, I want it to be like so good. It's my first vinyl record, Mm. you know, and uh, I put a lot of thought and effort into it. And not that I didn't for Party Girl, but it was just kind of like, uh, okay, let me just like have fun and just like explore shit. Um, So yeah, I had a great time. And honestly, some songs I made really fast. And uh, as always, those are the ones that I feel like resonate the most with people. (laughs) So that part is cool. Well, in the spirit of having fun, uh, living fast, and paying rent, let's get into Party Girl. Uh, The first track is called Venganza Amorosa, and we're going to play it right now. Stay tuned. We're here till 3 p.m., and this is Best Frequencies Forever. (laughs) 
that was Venganza Amorosa, um, Party Girl is the very first track. Uh, uh, as um, DJ Wani said off the mic, uh, very unhinged uh, <laughs> co- composition. Yes, so unhinged. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. I mean, this is me giving myself props, which is kind of funny, but I just love that I chose that to be the first one because I was just like, yeah, no, nah, let's, just, let's just start off with the most, with the craziest song on it. It's a banger to jump right into. Um, you were telling me a little bit off mic, but um, would you like to tell everybody where the sample is from? Yeah, so um, it's from a movie called Southland Tales. Uh, so I, I, I'm in this film club, and so we kind of rotate who picks the movies. And one of the movies that got picked was Southland Tales. It's like the most aggressive like 2003 or 2004 movie to ever exist. It was made by the same guy who did like Donnie Darko. This is like his follow-up, and it bombed. It was like all fucked up and it's very unhinged i found it hard to even follow what was happening but i couldn't look away if that makes sense and uh the person saying that is saying that to the rock who's like doing this like crazy over the top acting it was just great everything about it it just stuck with me it was like one of those movies that sticks with you so that's where that sample's from um that's a really that sounds like a very uh i mean like i mean you said it's not necessarily a good movie but it sounds very uh, striking and i think some of the best samples come from some really crazy shit. Yeah, it was, it was so... I was like, I couldn't stop thinking about that movie for like a full week. I was like, I can't believe I watched that. Well, this kind of goes into my first question. Uh, given this track having such like a very... Like I used the word already, but striking vocal sample. Um, your press release is... The first sentence is described as DG Wani's music is inspired by the sounds of Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, and Jamaica, while often incorporating samples from films and pop culture. Um, I'm... Uh, uh, an, an avid listener of your music, and I, oh, I've you. obviously noticed this without having to read the sentence. I'm curious about when I when I ask you about visual media with the most memorable soundtrack or music. Like, what is the first thing? TV, movie, whatever it is. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Oh God, I feel like the ones that come to mind. I, I feel like they're basic, but I don't care. I'm gonna live in my basicness. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like the first like film score or soundtrack that I really remember was the Scarface soundtrack just because it was like Giorgio Moroder and just like the sounds just were very 80s but you can listen to it now and it doesn't feel dated like some shit from the 80s listen to now and you're like okay like it was a bit much you know but uh he's just like he's a Don you know he's like Donna Summers key collaborator so Mm -hmm. he's just that dude I fuck with it um another one I guess is more recent but I just feel like well, honestly, all of David Lynch's movies with, um, I'm forgetting the name, I think he's Italian, but the composer uh, that does all his shit and d- did Twin Peaks, I just feel like those scores are very, um, yeah, I don't know. They're just very distinct. They kind of like are off-putting in a way, but it's, it's cool <laughs> because like David Lynch's movies are kind of weird, you know, so. Uh, uh, distinct and off-putting are interesting terms to use there, I think. I would argue, just having listened to this project, and we're all about to listen to it now, but Party, Party Girl contains a lot of these, like, infectious melodies and drum beats, and obviously in this song, like, a, a very um, hooky sample, and in the next track we'll talk about with La Favi, like, very catchy um, chorus, and, you know, in doing that, you've created it, obviously you've put it out there, what do you feel, and you obviously are able to identify other things that have that infection, what do you think... Uh, signifies in a song or in music in general that infectiousness is it is it very literal is it the instruments or is it something more figurative as you maybe were alluding to um for me i think i come from like a a rap background like i always listen to rap so to me like the importance of like song structure and like verse chorus bridge you know like to me adhering somewhat to that even in electronic music where i'm not working with a vocalist is important um, because i think it just gives I don't know, a song structure. It's the structure that I'm maybe most familiar with. Hmm. Um, on top of that, I think, like, shit, this is, like, very... S- like, I feel like when I first started producing music, I was trying to prove to myself and to everyone, like, I can do complex, you know, shit and chords and all this. Um, and then once I kind of learned how to do that stuff, then I was like, nah, but the most fun and the most infectious things are very simple, very stripped down and minimal. Mm. So just somebody fucking saying, like, I want to suck your dick, uh, is you know to me that's that's cool gets the message across <laughs> yeah it cuts to the chase you know oh like, god I wish I could remember who I was talking to this about um, but last night I was having a very specific conversation that relates to this about how sometimes like choruses are are, are like very distinctive music something like that like I want to suck your dick or um, my neck my back 
the the words which are like five to eight words they kind of transcend their literal meaning and become yeah. something i think a little more uh universal like i don't think everybody actively listening to the song is going to be feeling or desiring that exact yeah, emotion yeah. um but it's uh it's transcending into this more like i don't know rhythm more than it is a literal lyric uh yeah well for me it's even just like the feeling like i imagine myself like i'm always amazed when people are able to like rap like in, like in other countries when they're able to rap along or sing along to stuff that is in a language they don't even understand mm. and so for me in that song like even if you don't know exactly what she's saying, like I feel like you can tell the the desperation and like just unhinged nature of what she's saying, just through her voice. So uh, yeah, I guess that's just something that I find. Cause that song like Venganza Amorosa means like a uh, amorous revenge. I guess would be the most direct translation. Mm-hmm. So I'm c- trying to tap into like this desperation of like, I don't know, I don't know maybe in a breakup or something, and you're just like oh, I just want to like sleep with somebody <laughs> just to, like get over it you know <laughs> it's um, an, um it's an interesting inverse to the following track of um uh self uh desperation whereas the next track seems like it's alluding to especially lafavi's lyrics is alluding to somebody else's feeling a little bit desperate yeah for sure <laughs> period <laughs> yes um let's throw into it it's a uh, you want it it's featuring lafavi it's the second track on party girl You Wanted featuring La Favi by DJ Wani. Second track off Party Girl. Uh, um, just before we got cut off and we listened to this track, we're talking about the infectiousness of things. And the question I literally wrote down on my notes, because sometimes I ask, a, I write down the questions that I know if I said them directly like this out loud, they wouldn't make any sense. But I wrote, what do you think electrifies music? Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> but it, uh, it's amazed, um what you described, I think, about the importance of lyrics and, and how you center them. 
Uh, and I've heard you talk about this before, specifically about this track, but I'm curious about the developmental process of this track, specifically uh, centering around Lafavi's vocals. Yeah, so um, I guess going from like inception to it being out, um, I'd kind of been interested in exploring more like freestyle and bass because that was the music that I remember my sister playing, like, you know, growing up and hearing it on the radio sometimes. And uh, I also just felt like um, I don't ever want to feel pigeonholed into just making like reggaeton in the bow because that's kind of what people are expecting of me. Mm-hmm. So um, I just wanted to do something that felt authentic to me. Sure. So me and Lafavi, um, we're actually neighbors, and like I fuck with her, but we had never made music before. Okay, cool. So we both shared this love of like that freestyle Miami-based sound. Mm-hmm. So I actually made a bunch of beats in this kind of same sphere, and that was the one she picked out. And uh, when we recorded it, the, I guess the beat had already been pretty much done, like maybe 80% done. Mm-hmm. She laid down her vocals. That was my first time, like, really recording and engineering, like, a live vocalist. Um, and then after that, the real struggle was, like, both making it feel more professional um, in its audio quality and um, just, I would say, uh, the mixing and mastering, if I'm being real. Like, um, I do work with a lot of vocal samples, but it's usually, like, it's supposed to sound shitty. I guess it's, like, that's the point because I'm, like, sampling something that's already, like, ripped from YouTube. I'm putting hella filters or like distortion on it. Sure. But with somebody like Lafavi, I'm not trying to like fuck up her vocals. You know, like she's, mm-hmm. you know, an actual vocalist. So that was like a new experience. Um, but I'm glad with how it turned out. It took like 30 iterations of the mix, but we got it there. <laughs> I think something I'm able to live with it at least. I'm still, every time I listen to it, I'm still like, hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it got there. I mean, I think it harks really distinctively to the, the freestyle roots you were discussing. Um, I have a, a, a deep love for freestyle, and, and freestyle is not necessarily about the most um, bass-heavy, rounded, like, uh, width of things. It's it's about the delivering of the feeling. Um, so, I, I don't know. I Not to kiss your ass, but I think it sounds great. Uh, I appreciate that. Speaking to that, and you did also just mention it, and, you know, not nobody... I think we talk a lot about this amongst, as peers, as, as community members, like, not wanting to be reduced to the one thing that somebody's ever seen you do. Um, you mentioned, obviously, your your influences and where they come from and what they are. And I've heard you talk about um, the history of Dembo, of reggaeton, of baile funk. Uh, and you've also, I'm curious about uh, if there's a particular point in these genre histories that really resonates with your current creative identity. You've, you've strongly alluded, even in, in, this, in this episode of this radio show, um, the influence of Miami Breaks and the influence of Miami in general. And I'm wondering if that is, there's a historical point there that really strongly identifies with who you currently are as an artist. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I would say Miami in general, I owe a lot to, um, even as somewhat of an outsider, but I did end up living there for a time. But, you know, I mentioned the Scarface movie and like the Giorgio Moroder soundtrack. And so even me as a young kid, knowing that I had family out there, that a lot of my family's migration had started there and then ended up in the Bay. Uh, Miami's always ha- held like a certain energy in my mind mm-hmm. and a certain imagery. So then like Scarface, I'm like every fucking teenage, like, you know, like little shithead. <laughs> and like, that was like my favorite movie. I was like, there's no better movie than this, you know? And so it was always kind of held like a sound in my mind. And then one thing that I think united a lot of scenes, but definitely a lot of like US Latinx communities was like freestyle or bass music in general, like the Bay, it hit the Bay really hard, LA, New York for sure, and Miami too, so um, that's always held like a, I don't know, like I'm nostalgic for it, even though I didn't really live through it. Um, And then if we're talking about just like by the funk, you know, a lot of it comes from just like the Miami bass electro sound going to Brazil and then repurposing a lot of those sounds, so they're all kind of connected in some ways. And I think Miami is a really good representation of it because all of these community, all these communities, whether it's Jamaicans with like dance hall reggae, uh, reggaeton, and like all of the Jamaicans and Panamanians there, you know, all the Brazilians. Uh, so it's just like that is the place where all of these things kind of come together in a way mm-hmm. and then get exported to the rest of the world. It's it's really wonderful to hear you talk about this and you know how it amalgamates into your own creative identity. I think it also I'm, I'm sure you know this, but it, it it bears saying that it is obviously um, 
portrayed maybe or it's exhibited in in the work you do for amor digital and like the events um and its output and i definitely want to touch on that uh, and i also want to get into the next track and it is nice. called is it is it called would you say three points is that how you would say yeah it? Mm-hmm. All right. it is three points uh numeralized uh with uh three uh, strike marks to resemble three points this is three points on party girl best frequencies forever polyrhythmic and that was uh three points um by dj wani on party girl that was the third track um we were pretty much stepping into it but um you know talking about uh cultural locational genre influences and how they manifest into your creative identity i think it's um impossible not to ask you about your creative identity and not also ask you about Amor Digital, which mm-hmm. I believe you founded. Yeah. Um, founded in 2018. And I just want to remind everybody, or if I didn't say it already, uh, that Amor Digital has a radio residency at Lower Grand Radio in Oakland, California. It's every second Friday at 3.30. You can tune into that. Amor Digital, um, just to, if it's okay to read your statement off yeah. the mm-hmm. website, is a music collective, creative agency, and digital zine. Based in the San Francisco Bay Area, Amor Digital is a Latin club collision on the edges of the digital underground. Amor Digital aims to produce, support, and spotlight music and design with roots in the Americas and the Caribbean. Um, again, uh, their website will be linked in the episode's description. I would say in my own words, I view Amor Digital as um, a pretty fixtured presence in not only nightlife in the Bay, but also... Um, the community of like artists and friends that I have. I mean, like I've told you this when I first met you that we, I was coming to your parties before I was allowed to technically be going to parties. <laughs> um, and I think for a lot of people, my, my friends specifically, um, it represents 
an identifying center that really the things that they connect to that they see and hear they can't really find not necessarily anywhere else but not many places and not the other I would say dominating voices in the city um, I'm curious about having done this for I think we're five years now and then you, you did mention off mic that Amorti Hitel's birthday is basically today mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, what the longevity I don't know what's the what's the most simple way to say this what do you how do you feel sustaining community is going to look like if continuing Amor Digital because you know businesses whatever stuff like that but this is this is a collective of community and what does that mean to you to continue it and sustain community that way yeah uh, well thank you that means a lot to me mm-hmm. just that you know people um, fuck with it I can curse right yes yes yeah yeah, yeah. you can <laughs> um, yeah no I feel like uh, I just feel very honored and you know as much as I would like to be able to take all the credit you know it's like it's really, I think the key to longevity or whatever is just that like it's bigger than one person, mm-hmm. you know, like I could, I could stop doing it right now. And I, I guarantee that people will hit me up and be like, yo, like, can I run with it? You know, and that makes me happy. And one day, I mean, I don't see it happening anytime soon, but if I ever just get tired of doing it, like I know that there are people who really care about it and can like, you know, uh, move forward with it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, I guess that's. That's a great answer. I, I think it's really, it's comforting. I'm sure maybe I don't want to speak for you, but to know that there's like, yeah, people who care about it enough as much as you do that would continue it for you. Yeah. Only thing is that I'm like way too much of a, I want to say I'm a control freak. I just like, I like shit <laughs> being done a certain way and I like certain design and uh, I find it hard to let go. It is like my baby, um, you know, and obviously with my close collaborators, like I can't take all the credit, you know, um, I would say that Amor Digital started off as a burner Instagram account uh, <laughs> when I lived in Miami. Okay. I was living like in suburban Miami with my family out there. I had no car. I was just like way too much fucking time on my hands. Uh, so I basically just like made it like a Tumblr of like underground Latin Caribbean stuff, you know? Fuck yeah. Um, and then when I moved back out here, uh, I felt like there was just like a gap in that type of music and that sound uh, here. So... It just felt like the right name for the for the show, okay. um, and it's like very internet centric. So you know, more than you thought, just digital love. So the idea was just like, uh, like both loving the digital world, but also like kind of alluding to like finding love online. You know, mm. like, so that's why there's the roses and like all that shit. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, you you really t- the first thing you said when I asked you this question, touching on was collaboration, and you said it quite throughout your answer. Um, I'm curious. Well, no, you you really you put it into good words. The collaboration in the underground, I think, is is um, whether or not it's your personal answer. I think it's a succinct, universal answer that we all should have to this question: is collaboration amongst each other. And uh, while you have collaborators within Amor Digital, you, as you just mentioned, you're doing a collaboration with Program. You've collaborated with No Bias before, um, and these are. Uh, fixture also fixtures that are not necessarily representative of what you're doing yeah um what does it look like to not what does it look like how do you think that contributes to the sustainment that we're talking about yeah i mean for me it always comes down and i i try not to make things based off of like strictly business decisions or like clout or visibility you know totally i feel like for me it's really just like who do i fuck with Mm. and do i feel like they do like uh the right like the right thing or the cool thing you know uh usually <laughs> those are the same and uh, so yeah you know even though they might not like you know i think it would be weird if i collaborated with another like party that throws i don't know that, that plays the same type of music you know sure uh so for me it's like i like bringing worlds together yeah uh, as opposed to just like you know stacking on top of each other totally um i feel like the best music the best everything is a combination of many things every genre is like a combination of two genres that came before it you know at least so that's how i kind of see amor already because we're combining multiple genres it's not just latin music it's not just electronic it's both um and i feel like doing that on a more macro level with two different parties or two crews um, is kind of the same thing. Yeah, I would also venture to add to this, and I, I feel like you might agree, mm-hmm. that in, in addition to music and the creative output of these collaborations, like there's um, 
there's a a level of um I don't know I don't morality is maybe a, re- a reductive word but it's it's especially salient going on in the world right now as like there's no fucking reason to collaborate with any artist collective that's um not being vocal about palestine honestly um i don't particularly feel that way i don't feel like that art or that output has any value uh or any reason to collaborate with it and i i think again it's not kissing your ass and what does a really good job of making it very clear about where they stand and how they uphold and protect the community that attends their events because it's not, um, like you said, just a business. Yeah, no. I mean, if it was just a business, I'd be doing pretty bad because we don't always <laughs> make money, you know, if I'm being real. But, totally. uh, you know, I would say that, like, to me, money would never outweigh, like, just, like, what's going on in the world and my, my feelings and what I stand for. So, yeah, I think it, it is really important to work with people that you know you know, we can disagree on certain things, but certain things like this is like, nah, we can't disagree. It's not an agreement yeah, or a yeah, disagreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I see it. And um, yeah, you know, in terms of, I'll be real, you know, I think starting off when we first were becoming very explicit about this, about these kinds of things, um, it was also just like, I don't want to be in a space where I want, I'm, I'm throwing a party because I want to feel free. I want to be around people that um, I feel liberated at least for a few hours with, you know? Um, so I feel like we can just get a lot of the bullshit out the way if we're just very upfront with our expectations, yeah. our beliefs. hundred percent. Um, so it was self-serving in a way because I was like, nah, I want to throw a party that I want to go to. Yeah. Um, Fuck yeah. That's just how it went. I deeply relate with that sentence. Um, throw the parties you want to fucking go to. Uh, yeah, with that being said, let's move on to the next track. This is the fourth track in Party Girl. It is the center, and it is called Daria and Quinn. You're listening to BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever.
was Daria and Quinn. It's the fourth track off of DJ Wani's newest EP, Party Girl. Just a reminder, if you're just tuning in, Party Girl is available on the Amor Digital Bandcamp. That's going to be linked in the episode description. And again, if you're just joining us, this is called The Lost Hour on BFF.FM, Best Frequencies Forever. My name is Tom Marcy. My guest is DJ Wani, and we are talking about the newest EP from DJ Wani, Party Girl. Uh, we just heard Daria and Quinn. I'm curious uh, where these names come from and the context of the song. Oh, yeah. So um, I think when I was working on this song, I was just starting to rewatch Daria, like the show from mm-hmm. the 90s. Um, and I definitely remember like my sister watching it and me watching it just like by extension. Um, but I hadn't like rewatched it in a long time. But um, I just felt I just felt like both. I feel like Daria and Quinn. I feel like the jo- the gag of the show is kind of like trying to make fun of Quinn, but uh, you know she's like Daria's like popular girl, pr- like quote unquote pretty girl sister, um, and I feel equally both. <laughs> no. I feel like the um, the dark like cloud over me and like uh, sarcastic energy of Daria, and then sometimes I feel like Quinn. So. I deeply appreciate the the parallels of um, fictional characters to your own reality and experience. I think I do that too um, when it comes to my creative output. And it's obviously something that you've done with um, Parker Posey uh, (laughs) for this project. Um, I would love to read everybody uh, the statement from the press release of Party Girl. Uh, The newest project from DJ Wani, Party Girl, is a nod to Parker Posey's run of independent films in the 90s. Party Girl from 1995 sees Posey portray a character forced to reconcile her downtown New York City club scene antics with real-life responsibilities like rent and finding a career. This EP finds Wani at a similar crossroads, walking the tightrope that is pursuing music as a career while making ends meet in one of the most expensive metro areas in the U.S. Um, this is if for anybody that does anything uh, creative or meaningful to them that needs to balance that creation with the realities of life. I'm sure really strikes a chord. Um, if they were to read that or hear that, I'm I'm really curious. Uh, there's a lot of practical urgencies that in our in our residential lives, rent, bills, whatever, and there's obvious negative effects of those things on our creative process. Uh, it limits our time and access to our communities, to our own creative output. It, 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 um, it's stressful, it's frustrating. But I'm curious if you, if you see a positive influence on those practicalities on your creative output. Do you feel like it's shifted your creative identity for the better? Um, yeah, I would say so in a few ways. I honestly had a, a test run I left the job I was working at in like February and I had a few months where like I had my savings. I had pretty much free time to just work on to work on shit. And there was an element of like, yo, I was like, I felt kind of lost in a way because I was like, I feel like music is a release for me. And so if I'm not like, I don't know if it's not like oh, I went somewhere and came home and now I have time to like do this thing that I really love. Um, it was just like I had so much time that it felt like I don't know there was no urgency so not that I'm advocating that we need to be like constantly on this rat race or anything like that but I guess for me like maybe I'm just like so brainwashed by capitalism that I'm just used to this idea of I get home after working and then I work on music and it's yeah. like my my time you know so I think it's a f- I think it's fair without you know you know, um, a, a self-admission of being capitalistic that the routine that is beget by our necessity to pay bills or to live responsible lives or whatever um, can enhance our own like rhythm and routine for doing creative stuff. Yeah. I, I, I definitely agree. Like when I had a consistent job every day, coming home and like being like, okay, I'm home. I should eat and then I should do this amount of time of this thing before I sit down and close my eyes. Yeah. Um, I do think it, there is a that's a positive thing. I don't think you're wrong for saying that. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's funny because I feel like my whole life I've been like battling against routine or any type of like, I don't know, I've just been very anti. But (laughs) when I was like left to my own devices, don't get me wrong, I definitely worked on a lot of music. That's how I made the EP for No Bias, you know? Oh, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just feel kind of like lost in the world without Mm -hmm. something grounding me. And you're right. At the end of the day, like I still was worried about rent and all those things. So it's like, 
it's crazy to be trying to like work on music when you don't even know like where your next paycheck is coming from so that also led to it too you know totally i appreciate those meditations on that um the next track is called mega 97 and i'm curious if you could just say in a succinct sentence or two where that name comes from oh yeah so it's a the most famous like musica urbana like radio station in new york it's called la mega la mega yeah so that's where it's from there you go all right this next track on party girl from dj wani is called mega 97 was mega 97 off of party girl from dj wani um you've mentioned it a couple times in this interview uh about work and stuff like that um is it okay i mean i we can cut it out but you are an educator uh Mm -hmm. you you are in an educator role i'm curious do you feel like your role as an educator has shifted your identity as a creator um hmm that's a good question i guess i hadn't thought about it Mm. i feel like i look at music differently i wouldn't say it's affected my art or like my creative practice i look at i just look at art differently because i just know how it is a way to really resonate with youth in a way that's actually fun and engaging um not that like you know the hard subjects can't be those things but art is kind of like a it's like an easy way to like relate to youth because pretty much everyone listens to music everyone likes some type of art you know so um yeah um, that's a fabulous answer. I've I've been I've been lucky enough for you to teach a class that I was a part of for production, and obviously you've talked about um, teaching youth as well. But I um, yeah, I, I feel like I yeah, I, I definitely wasn't uh, hopefully uh, insinuating that it shifts like it makes your art better or worse or something like mm-hmm. that. But I think it does add definitely a, a layer of. Um, I guess education is, is a stupid word to say, but it's information. You yeah. learn that how to how to get things in a way that is conveyed to people in a way that will not only make them understand it, but also make them excited by it. Yeah, for sure. I guess for me, also, you know, like as I get 
older <laughs> it's nice to work with youth and be like okay i'm not gonna like everything that they fuck with at the mm -hmm. end of the day you know like it's not for me you know it's for them um what they listen to but there are elements of what they listen to that i'm like oh that's tight like you know that's new that's exciting um and hopefully when they hear some of the stuff that i play or make um they feel similarly even though it's not necessarily for them you know oh yeah do you have that i have a kind of a fear like younger people who listen to me they're like this is kind of <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're like okay grandma <laughs> nah I mean don't get me wrong there's definitely some students where like I'll play maybe not necessarily my music but like my friend's music and they're just like nah like I'm good off that you know but I just I just diffuse it by just being like I don't think you guys are gonna like my music and they're like no play it play it and then I like eventually I just give in and they're like no that was cool and I'm like yeah okay cool <laughs> hell yeah um, we're wrapping up uh, the project here. We got two more tracks on Party Girl. Just want to remind everybody that Party Girl is available on Amor Digital's Bandcamp. Be linked in the episode. Uh, I want to ask you before we get to these uh, last two tracks. You've mentioned in the past to me, um, actually, that class you were teaching, uh, that uh, you tend to take rests between releases in terms of production and developing new projects. I'm curious, what is the thing that sparks? a new project like what's the thing that's you think will maybe you know, who can predict this but what do you think is the thing that will get you to start working on a new project again uh life experience i feel like uh an important thing and the distance between working on stuff varies like sometimes i jump right into the next thing but i think what made it hard to work on music when i was like not working is that i was just like at home all the time um and like not really experiencing life not like riding the bus and just like seeing people like to me that's the shit that's inspiring you know uh so uh for me it's really just like am i doing things am i going to other people's shows mm. am i like just engaging with the world uh because just being at home like i don't know or just like being in my own world and wrapped up in my own shit like that's not that inspiring to me totally life experience for sure and in, and again in the words of your press release and i'm sure they're your own words party girl is an homage to saying independent and staying fun gain that life experience yeah you gotta stay fun i'm like i never want this to feel like a job even though it is like my job you know <laughs> but like yeah. uh yeah at the end of the day it's it's art it's a creative practice so totally yeah um we're gonna move into the second to last track um i'm really amped to share this track with everybody uh it's big bay energy and it's called gas break dip Stay locked. Dip on you hoes. That's 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 break. Dip on you hoes. That's break. 
tip on you hoes. That's that's great tip on you hoes. That's 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 great tip on you hoes. That's 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 great tip on you hoes. Northern California gonna shoot up the party. That's great tip on you hoes. That's great tip on you hoes. That's 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 great tip on you hoes. So sorry, I didn't realize you hear me. Uh, that was Gas Break Dip from Party Girl DJ Wani. Big fucking Bay Energy. I Hell yeah. love that fucking song. <laughs> thanks, thanks for playing it. Yeah, um, and I played all the other ones too. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious. You know, we, we've 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 talked about um, uh, international influences to your output, your identity. We talked about Miami's influence, um, and obviously you've, uh, we've done a great deal of talking about. The community here, the underground here. I'm curious about what, how the Bay is contextualized, specifically the Bay, mm -hmm. um, into your productions, and also, you know, the curations that you do for Amor Digital. How does the Bay factor into that? Uh, the Bay factor is in in a lot of ways. I mean, one, there's like probably subconscious levels where the Bay affects me and my thinking and everything. You know, um, from like a musical standpoint. Uh, I mean, I did live, I was young, but I lived through the hyphy movement. And so I just remember like the energy of it and like just how fucking like, again, maybe off-putting or just different that sound was compared to everything else in, in hip hop at the time. Mm. Um, so I just love the sense. I love the like goofiness of it. I love how active and just hyphy and hyper it was. Uh, so I love my music to give me that same feeling. Um, and then in terms of like Amor de Hital, uh, not to be negative, but I guess for me, it's like I don't see what I like to see in parties mm. often enough in the Bay. Sure. So Amor de Ital is like meant to, was always meant to like correct that and push it forward. Hell yeah. Um, I think that's a wonderful, succinct answer. Uh, and it's, um, I don't know, like the, I think I think you're probably aware of this, but this song really is the, the touchstone, I think, of the the bass presence in your creative output, I'd argue. Mm -hmm. um, and it's beautiful to see it, you know, combined with everything else here. Uh, I do want to ask you, because we're going to play the last track, which is a remix, mm -hmm. uh, to close the episode. Um, your thoughts about this last track? Because it's a remix with, um, is it C-R-R-D-R? -R? Yeah, I think it's short for uh, Corredor. Corredor. Which means runner in Spanish. Beautiful. Um, so this is a collaboration with Cordo who remixed uh, the very first track that we listened to, Venganza Amorosa. Um, and I wanted to know if you had any thoughts to share before we close out. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, uh, Corredor is like super popping, very talented producer from Bogota in Colombia. And, uh, you know, I had made some music for uh, one of his labels projects. Um, and I was just really interested in the idea of him reworking one of my songs. And that was the one he picked out. And... Uh, I really love how it came out and he, he snaps like he definitely makes more rave ready music than I do So mm -hmm. I appreciate that about him, but he kind of took a different direction with this song, which I thought was cool Yeah, I've definitely thrown his tracks up. I think the, the show that we played together on April 1st <laughs> Fool's Gold. Oh, yeah, I played like two of his songs of that set um, So shout out to Corredor for the remix. We're gonna hear it on the way out um, I just really quickly uh, want to say thank you very much uh, for coming on and showing us Party Girl. It's a really fabulous project, and I'm excited for everybody to hear it. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love what you're doing. This was a great interview. I appreciate uh, just your presence in the Bay, you know, so. Uh, thanks. <laughs> I want to tell everybody that Party Girl is available on all streaming platforms as well as the Amor Digital uh, Bandcamp, and that'll be linked in the episode description. I also want to tell everybody that you can check out what Amor Digital is doing on their website, and that'll have all their socials and their other stuff linked, mm, as well as their radio residency on Lower Grand Radio, also titled Amor Digital, every second Friday at 3.30 p.m. Uh, and Amor Digital, in collaboration with Program, is doing a show November 11th. Uh, with uh, featuring K-Hole Kardashian, and that's going to be at Bricks in Oakland, and you can follow Amor Digital online for all of that stuff. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Uh, free Palestine. Free Palestine. <laughs> that's it. Period. That's the only thing that matters, really. Honestly. Very that. Yeah. All right, with that, we're going to listen to the uh, Cordadora remix of Venganza Amorosa. Um, we will see you next time. Happy Monday. After this is uh, Vibe Control Radio with DJ Black Specs. Shout out DJ Black Specs. And it bears repeating, Free Palestine. Have a great Monday.
Push, 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 push